Canadian Pirate Cast has no sponsors and is filmed before a live studio audience. Hello, this is the Canadian Pirate Cast. I'm your host, Captain Beckham Kid, sitting here with my slightly unwell gummy bear. Quartermaster gummy bear. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget, this the ship would sink if you were not here to like help uh help help run it, gummy bear. Let's be clear. The most important thing, though, I think to start with is that it's uh, come to our attention that the best way to gain notoriety is to spark controversy. That being said, I'd like to say the following names. Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, Ben Shamiro, Brett Weinstein, and Bill Gates. Let the views roll in and on with the show. <laughs> Insert theme song here. <laughs> our backs are sore from sailing all day. So, now, now. Take my hopes and come and drown them. Young other women won't do you much good. So, today on the Canadian Pirate Cast, um, this will be a little bit shorter because not for bad reasons. Uh, Gumby Bear is not feeling amazing today. She has a bit of a migraine. And uh, we were going to do a segment on. Uh, can, I, can I say what your segment was? Or like just a little bit? Mm hmm. She was going to do a big segment on our local water segment on the human trafficking. That has kind of been a thing on the island recently with those people released, which I'm not as informed as she is on. Um, but she has found it's gotten a bit of a deeper rabbit hole. So we're putting that off and we're going to do a bigger piece on that later down the line. So today we're going to start with just how are you feeling, Gummy Bear? A little better. A little better. Find like a bath helps that migraine? Yes. Well, that's good. I, uh, I've only had one migraine in my entire life, so I can't like, I can't really compare much to that. It was like, and it was like from dehydration too. Like, it's like I knew exactly what it was from because it was like I was at work and it was at that one place we worked at that one time. It was like you or no, maybe it was like, um, then the sushi. I remember. Yeah, the sushi chef and a bunch of other people. Wait, you were you that, were you there that day I had that migraine? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That was terrible. I would never, I never want to do that again. Migraines are fucking terrible. So that's, I, I really do feel for you, and I appreciate you sucking it up and kind of going through the show with this. Yes. <sighs> so that being said, um, our first segment today will be uh, beyond the coast national news, and this is um, this is a point of passionate with me, and I, I must say too, I'm I'm very biased in this uh, area because I'm a I'm a really firm believer in freedom of speech and even if even if what you're someone is saying something like you don't agree with or you find offensive i think it's important that they're able to say it just because that's kind of a i think that's just a privilege that we have in um well, especially living in like a in a first world country that not everyone in the world has so i, I kind of value it even more the ability to speak your mind and not be Okay, well, we all know the government's listening in on us, but not be, like, abducted and arrested in the middle of the night for saying that you don't agree with Justin Trudeau. Um, I had a hilarious phone call with my dad the other day where it was, my dad, like, my dad hates Trudeau <laughs> and never never fails to or, uh, remind me of it whenever um, it comes up in conversation. And it's like, I, I don't hate him. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Justin Trudeau. I don't like him that much, but I... 
Um, but it was funny. So my dad proceeded to lecture me for 10 minutes and I was, and I was just like, dad, no, we are on the same page. Neither of us like him. <laughs> neither of us voted for him last time. It's like, we're, we're, we, neither of us like Justin. <laughs> um, but this came up because, um, recently they've been, um, nationally anyway, they've been pushing for a new bill called bill C10. Um, and what that would be, what that is exactly is it wants to amend the Broadcasting Act so that the internet would fall um, under 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 its uh, domain as well. And for anyone that's not f completely familiar with this, in, I want to say about the 60s, the government of Canada noticing that the U.S. had a kind of like a domain on pop culture and media wanted to just kind of develop Canada's pop culture and media. So they created... I don't remember what the original, I don't remember what the exact uh, exact title of it was, but in the Broadcasting Act, so it would start classifying content as Canadian content, or CanCon for short. So what is CanCon? Well, it refers to the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, a uh, bit of a mouthful, um, and it requires that Canadian broadcasters must produce or broadcast a certain percentage of content that is, air quoting, Canadian. Um, radio has about a 40% uh, threshold for that. TV is 55% yearly. I'm sorry, no, TV is 55% and yearly it's 50 to 55%. And of course, CBC has a higher percentage requirement, I think about 60%, because it's like full-on Canadian it's just like everything it's so Canadian um and there's some interesting things that have come from this that actually like it would be inaccurate to say that it has done nothing because it actually helped promote Janis Joplin and Neil Young back in the I think Janis Joplin I'm thinking right or I'm, I'm crap I'm not getting the name mixed up shit I think uh I think I might be getting her mixed up with somebody else um but sorry no but Neil Young is um as like one of my favorite Canadian artists from back in the day. And uh, he definitely benefited from that too, as a Canadian artist. Um, and weirdly enough, it also gave creation to um, Bob and Doug, the or Bob and Doug McKenzie, which is kind of a bit of a cult Canadian icon for anybody unfamiliar with that story. They were running. Uh, okay. Sorry. I'm getting confirmed confirmation from gummy bear that, Man, crap, who am I thinking of? I read the name. It's not... Okay, so Janice... Oh, maybe I'm thinking of... No, not Alanis Celine Morissette. Celine Dion? No, not Celine Dion. Again, <laughs> sorry, I feel so like such an asset. It's not Janice Joplin. It was like... It was a female artist who... Damn it, it's like... I can't remember what her name was. It's bugging me. Um, Keep going, I'll look for it. Either way, though, it's not a... not. It's not the biggest thing. Maybe Jody something? Either way... Um, sorry, though. So, Bob and Doug McKenzie, though. So, they were... Rick Moranis and... His, Rick Moranis was working on a... Com or on a Canadian skit comedy show called Second City or Television that was just completely Canadian cast, filmed and shot in Canada, and broadcasting on networks. Eventually, they got bought by CBC, and they oh, and also Canadian writers too, I should say. But the show got bought by CBC. Joni Mitchell. I knew it was a J name. Fuck. Okay, it was Joni Mitchell. Sorry, it was Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, both heavily benefited from CanCon. And sorry, I know I kind of bobbed we bobbed in and out of there while I was like struggling to remember who it was. I knew it was a J name though. I knew it was a J name. That's why it was yeah. pissing me off. It was Joni Mitchell and Neil Young. So 
sorry. So then when Second City Television, this comedy show, got bought by CBC, they which has a higher CanCon requirement, they had this kind of weird um, thing where like there was like two minutes of extra airtime that was that had to, that was kind of unfilled because of um, I think how advertising worked between America and Canada. And the network came to the the comedy show and said that they have to fill that two minutes with those two minutes with Canadian content. Uh, Rick Moranis points out that it is a Canadian show with every actor being Canadian, every writer being Canadian, and um, filmed in Canada and funded by Canada too. So how is this not Canadian enough? Um, then he just kind of shot back saying sarcastically, well, what would you have us do? Just drink beer and toques with cartoonishly Canadian accents? And the network was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. And it actually, that's what happened. And now we have Doc, Bob and Doug McKenzie. They got that um, movie Strange Brew, which I haven't seen yet, but I still want to. Um, it's a cult classic, apparently. And um, so like we have this weird Canadian icon. So it's inaccurate to say that through the, like through with, the Broadcasting Act, that it hasn't propped up Canadian content. But the problem is that it's been arbitrary in how it's done it. Because not all Canadian content has had equal benefits as being classified as CanCon. Which is where the controversy lies in. Because And so it's more accurate to say that like anything that any success that was created from this act was coincidental. Um, not directly because of the act, so to speak. Um... And it runs off of, here's how it runs exactly. It's basically done on a point system. So for a director, or so for this, and these are, the people have to be Canadian for these points to count. So Canadian director, two points. Screenwriter, two points. The first and second lead performers or voice, one each. Production design, one point. Director of photography, one point. Music composer, one point, and picture editor, one point. And it seems simple enough, but here's where it gets tricky because there are other rules. If financing is 50-50 between Canada and any non-Canadian entity, it must have at least six points to be considered CanCon. Um, it has to have a minimum of 75% program expenses um, post-production must be paid for by Canadians or Canadian companies. So for it to be classified as CanCon, they are now looking another. They're now looking to encapsulate this in the digital space now because TV is less watched nowadays, and the internet is. I think more people. I think more people watch YouTube now than actual TV. Um, don't quote me on that, but that just feels right saying that. That feels accurate if you have internet. Um, and the issue is that on the website, on the government website, this won't be surprising, but they only talk about how it helps. They don't talk about any of the bullshit that's happened with that. Well, that's what I'm here to do, is tell you about the bullshit. So, there is a, uh, there's a writer, and we'll cite this in our episode, I'll send the link to Gumbear and she can cite that, um, but there's a writer that set up a quiz to tell if, uh, see if we can even tell as two Canadians, because I've lived in Canada my entire life. Have you, Gummy Bear? Certainly. It's accurate to say we're both Canadian. Um, I'm an, my, my, I'm a, my parent, like, obviously my extended family is immigrants, and so I'm a mutt, so to speak. Just, I think you are too, Gummy Bear. 
I was made in a Canadian factory. Yes, you were made in the Canadian factory, me too, by immigrants, just like the railroad. <laughs> um, well, I, I was making a not joke. Not entirely. No, okay, I was making a joke. Just making a joke. <laughs> just like, it's just a joke about how the Canadian oh, Railway... Yeah. I know, I know, we're just making a joke about how the Canadian <laughs> Railway was built on Asian labor. Uh, <laughs> so, Hilarious. It's, well... Yeah. I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay, cool. See, I thought it was, and I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you were like that. Okay. Could well, you imagine just finding out right now that if just, I was? They hate Asians. Like, oh man, that would oh just that'd be like, oh god, that was like that would just be a massive oversight and be like, oh wow, I uh, yeah, that's a uh, didn't see that coming. So I'm so glad that you're indifferent to skin color. Me you're too. Like, oh well, podcast is over. Wow. Well. <laughs> Maybe not over, but I think that the no 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 one who is Asian would like to listen to our show then, if that was the case, or of Asian Hashtag descent. Stop a hate Asian hate. Oh. Sure, if you need to plug that, I'd just say let's stop all the hate. Why don't we no, just? No, it's really bad right now. Well, that's because people are stupid, though. Yeah. It's people need to be told not to be stupid. Okay, sometimes. fine. Okay, fine. Okay, we'll we'll do that plug too. Don't blame Asian people for the coronavirus. It was just because it originated in China doesn't mean. It's a Asian flu or whatever the shit. And even if it was, it was a fucking accident. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I'm a full believer that it came from that Be- Beijing biolab because that just makes most sense. But it's not like they did it on purpose because like China, ben- like China financially benefited from it too. But they also like took a big hit. Like nobody, nobody benefited from the coronavirus coming out. So nobody should be fucking saying that's the Asian virus and that they wanted this shit. Like nobody wanted this. At the very most, it was a fuck-up, and it's a fuck-up that they don't want to acknowledge, which is understandable. If you were, like, again, just come... Okay, I didn't mean to be... Bring Sorry for the tangent. Sorry for the tangent here, but again, just thinking realistically again, like, for Xi Jinping, not that I'm a big fan... I'm not a fucking fan of his either, but pragmatically, I understand why that if you were the leak of this shit, you wouldn't want anyone to find out that it came from you or why. Like, yeah. so you just understand that. Like, I'm not, again, not saying that's okay. But I just understand their side of it or, th- or his mentality from that. Which, again, I don't agree with. I'm for free disclosure of information. Tangent off. So this CanCon quiz is here now to... I'm going to quiz Gummy Bear on this. And uh, anybody at home listening to try to guess before she answers the questions. But let's uh, let's see if we can tell what Canadian content is. Because the... Uh, Oh dear. This elected <laughs> this this elected board of trustees, which again, or sorry, no, they're not. Why did I say that? They're not elected. This unelected board of people that this random random group of people that are the arbiters of what is Canadian content and what is not Canadian content to classify this. And this could be this could even affect us as a podcast, where if we're not classified as Canadian content, despite the fact that we fund the show ourselves and we are in Canada, filming in Canada, and we're both can or sorry, recording in Canada, we're both Canadians. Um, we, if we're not classified as Canadian content, we will be pushed down because we're not Canadian content because we don't have the license. And I don't like the idea of some asshole I've never met and I didn't vote for deciding what my show gets to be classified as. Fuck them. On to my quiz. So. Wait. I just want to just, you know, because. Oh, I guess you're here to talk to. Give me your opinion. How well, about you share some stuff? Um. <laughs> Well, I was just going to preface the quiz because I might do terribly just by saying that um, my brain's a little fried right now from almost exploding earlier. So go on. That's true. But I took this quiz when I wasn't fried and uh, actually took this quiz sober, oddly enough. And um, oh, by the way, we're doing sobriety right right now. More about that at the end of the podcast. 
But uh, yeah, no, I, I failed this miserably. Okay. So, Gummy Bear, A Handmaid's Tale. And just yes or no is the answer to these questions. Oh my god, I don't even think I've ever seen that. Uh, yes. No. It's a series based on a Margaret At- Atwood book. Uh, I have no idea. And I think she's a Canadian author. Maybe <laughs> maybe check me on that right now, actually. But it does not count towards points, because it's funded by America. Okay. Oh, I, I see that now. The Borgias. Oh, that's a that's a that was a TV show about a Roman, uh, Roman rich or like a Roman, I want to say aristocracy or like you know like the monarch and shit like that or whatever the high fancy ass levels. You know what I mean? Is it really old? Borgias? No, it's like ten years old. Man, okay. It was I'm like just out of the loop. Yeah. It was becoming it was coming big around the same time as Game of Thrones was, or maybe it was a bit before Game of Thrones though. I I live under a rock. No. Okay. Um, yes. Oh, but, so yeah, so it's, a, it's a, so it's about ancient Roman history, but that's Canadian content. Um, the unauthorized Melrose Place story. No? Yes. Don't know who this is, and who that is. Uh, documentary film, Who Killed Gandhi? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes. Directed, filmed by Canadians, Got all that. Um, yeah, cool. Um, how much? Uh, what does Gandhi have to do with fucking Canada? <laughs> um, Real Gangsters, classic gangster film. No. Yes, that's <laughs> Canadian content. The movie Deadpool. No. No, it is not. It was filmed in Vancouver. It has Canadian Ryan Reynolds playing the lead, co-written by Paul Wernick, a Canadian. Based on a Canadian comic book character. <laughs> Funded by America, so it's not Canadian. Weird. Ultimate Gretzky. Oh my god, this is a trick question, right? So it's no? Yeah, you're right. Ultimate Gretzky is not Canadian content. <laughs> Party Mamas. <laughs> I didn't write context for all of these. So some, of these, some, yes. of these are, some of these are really funny out of context. Yes, that is Canadian content. <laughs> the English Patient. No, it is based on a novel by a Canadian author, not CanCon. The Shipping News. No. No, not Canadian content. Takes place in Nova Scotia, filmed in Newfoundland. Are we keeping score? No. Dang. This is just a general thing, just to check, <laughs> right? Just to check to see if we can if we can tell the difference I between. I got so what... excited the first time I got a, one of them right. Well, the whole point of this is, like, can you tell the difference between Canadian content or another? Like, that's what I mean. The whole point of this is that where the line is, it's kind of weird that there's a line, right? Um, Midnight's Children. This is an East Indian movie with an East Indian cast. Yes? Yes, for some reason. Based on an Indian author's book. Just, again, this is... A lot of this is arbitrary. Um, okay, this is... Okay, so... The there's foreign word... Canadians from india so the foreign word is heaven weird. that's yeah that's fine but again that's not again this is my point is the point of this whole thing is how arbitrary all these kind of okay. these classification systems are right because because yeah. again for all these things like there seem to be a lot of weird exceptions to these rules so they don't even follow their own fucking rules <laughs> um heavens heaven slash or slash revenge is that a is that cancon no yes it is it's a norwegian language film 
It would really help if I'd heard of any of these things, but you know. Again, it was I hadn't heard. I took this and I hadn't heard of half of these. Okay, yeah. these last ones you should you should have heard a little bit of. Okay. TV show Vikings. Yes. Yes. Sweet. How many Vikings are in fucking Canada? <laughs> um, the movie Canadian Bacon. I'm gonna say no. No, it stars John Candy, a Canadian fucking actor. God rest legend, his soul. Legend. God rest his soul. I miss John Candy. Same. The movie Room. Yes. Yes. You got it. You're getting like half of these right. Just begin because you're, you're sensing the theme that the ones you think aren't are <laughs> and the ones you think are are, which is kind of it, right? Yeah. Trailer Park Boys, the animated series. It's going to be a no. Because it's funded by Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell that. Um, so... Well, would trailer would trailer park was it CanCon before and now it's not? No, no. Trailer Park Boys is CanCon, but Trailer Park Boys the animated series is not because it was funded by oh, Netflix. Okay, okay. Well, so, they but Netflix has like made like the last few seasons of Trailer Park Boys as well. So. I don't. Oh, well, then I don't know then because the other other Trailer Park Boys wasn't in this quiz. It was just like they just had the animated series. I have to say the first Netflix season of Trailer Park Boys was phenomenally hilarious. That's good, and I would check it out. I've actually I haven't I haven't watched like very much after that. I don't think. But in, you know, I've only seen like so two episodes of Trailer Park Boys in both movies, and that's it. <laughs> that was... You can just like I haven't seen all of it, but like you can just jump in at any point. Oh yeah, I know. Which is the which is the beauty of it. I know it's like that's that's the cool thing about that show, right? And that's why I've never been in a rush to watch it because like it's just like I can watch it whenever. Like I think it's hilarious when I watch it, but I I just have never prioritized doing that. Uh, the movie Life of Pi. Yes? No. It's written by a Canadian author. Yan oh, Martel. Yan Martel. It's a Yan Martel novel. The Sisters Brothers. Yes. No. <laughs> Patrick DeWitt is a Canadian author, and the movie is based on his book. I don't know what that is. Um, it was a war movie. Oh, okay. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. No. No. Takes place in Toronto. Lead actor is Canadian. <laughs> and, and I gotta say, too, as a... Uh, yeah, like the books, too, also based on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie American Lawman. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is CanCon. So I wanted to have a discussion after the quiz. Um, and Gummy Bear, like, ask you. So we're, we're obviously very clear about how I feel about Canadian content. But I'm just curious. So do you think it's okay... Or do you think it's okay to try to quantify Canadian content when our culture is so diverse all over the country? Maybe not the way that we're currently doing it, because it seems a little weird. And kind of ass backwards. But those were all like movies and stuff, right? Movies. It was a mix of movies, TV shows, and some of them were based off books. Okay, um, well, I think it's good to have, like, Canadian music artists featured more prominently on the radio. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an interesting, interesting thing about that is because, to be fair, yeah, the quiz doesn't actually go much into music aspect of it. It seems, it seems like, um, yeah, the way that they do it for movies is a little bit arbitrary and <sighs> brain my brain that's okay brains do that sometimes that's okay um 
I think though that, and I have this in my notes too, is that the um, these rules, like these, it's kind of doing it by such kind of like a, oh, it's a simple point system, but it seems to be like outdated and again, not, mm -hmm. it doesn't fully encapsulate Canadian content, right? Because you could have a story about a Canadian in Canada doing Canadian things, but if it's written by an American or funded by America, it doesn't count as Canadian content. And it's kind of, again, that just seems like, shutting out a wide thing and yeah they've put a bit of a window in there for like oh well if it has 50% of funding it can be Canadian content if it meets a certain amount of other things but it all just seems like pointless bureaucracy for controlling this content when again now we're in an age where you know like I guess I don't know I'd say that because of the internet age creating everything being a level playing field the internet's like made things a level playing field so to speak now it's becoming less so as we slowly get engulfed by Google and Amazon and they consume us all into one single brand monolith. Mm -hmm. But it's still pretty open. And it's kind of so like we you can kind of rise and fall of your own merits. And I just don't think like... So the government already doesn't do a great job at classifying CanCon. So I don't think they should con like just do more of it. Because like they're already not doing a great job at it. So it's like I just think that money would be better spent elsewhere. Because again, like... Think about what you're saying. It was one thing when they're trying to control music, TV, and radio, which is, or sorry, TV and movies, which it's tricky, but you can do that. But now you're doing the internet, which is arguably bigger than all three of those things. And you're going to try to fucking control that? It's impossible. You're an asshat if you think that. You're the kind of asshole that would wear your mask and your profile picture on Twitter when no mm -hmm. one's around you. Hashtag at Justin Trudeau. <laughs> That really bugged me. What? How do we know it's on him? I just, okay, quick tangent here. In his Justin Trudeau's Twitter picture, he has a mask on his face. How do we know that's not real? How do we know that's not an evil clone with some fucked up scar on his face? He's wearing a mask. <laughs> so there's no way we could possibly know if that's real Justin Trudeau. Take your mask off, Justin. Let us see the real you. It's visual virtue signaling. Oh, yeah. Well, that... Oh, fucking Christ. All he does is virtue signal, too. He's just trying to make up for his blackface. Oh my god. Well, that's the thing. Okay, and again, I don't even want to dwell on the past because, like, okay, let's just say he was an idiot when he was younger and he's more mature now, yeah. but it's like a lot of it just seems fucking hollow. He just seems like a very hollow politician. Sorry, I didn't mean for this to really be a th uh, dig on Trudeau either because that wasn't really where I was going for. Um, but yeah, like, I just. I think, like, to be fair, even giving them, giving them the government the benefit, I think they're trying to do. They're trying to do a good thing. By adding CanCon or by and getting the internet under there, but I'm just saying pragmatically they're trying to control a beast that you can basically only control if you're a third world dictator. But and they're trying to do that like on a scale of the country on the size of us or a country on the scale of the size of Canada, but then also they just they're not great at it. So it's like I think they are trying to do they're trying to do a good thing, but they can't acknowledge that they already don't do it very well. Um, can you explain to me what the good thing about it is? Well, the, what they're, I say, I don't understand it at all. Well, when they say it's a good thing, they're trying to prop up Canadian content so that like they will, so, you know, like in YouTube, Canadian content videos will get recommended more, you know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. Or if you're, I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. it forces them to do more exposure and stuff like that too. That's... I mean, that's, I mean... It would make, probably, make, it might make Netflix have to change their catalog, too, so they have a certain amount of Canadian content in their catalog by mandate if they want to operate in Canada. 
So do things like that. You know what I mean? Because it's all part of the internet. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're, they're just obviously missing the point of the internet being very much a global thing. Well, that's that's another thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. But yeah, it's not not really seeing the forest of the trees, mm-hmm. and it's like I said, I giving them the doubt. I think that they have good intentions. I just think that they also lack the self reflection to see that it won't work out the way they think it will. And the very best case scenario is just going to waste a bunch of money. In the mm-hmm. worst case scenario, it's going to push down smaller smaller um, like groups or people like us or like programs like ours because we can't afford to get into get into pissing contests with the government over how canadian our content is and shit like that so it's i just would rather not have it because i'd rather just you know have everything be open and free and again rise and fall of our own merits especially on the inter- on the internet and that was all i really had to say about that i just think that adding more regulation to that won't make it better i only see i see the best outcome is a bad one and the worst outcome is even worse in my opinion mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to take a quick short break here in a second there. And I know I got a bit riled up there and off track a bit. <laughs> um, but I was going to just ask, uh, quickly, um, Gummy Bear, who's our sponsor today? A mobile game. Fuck! And today's sponsor is Kingdom of Clashes and Raids, idly becoming legends of Crushing Sugar. Or Coca Roblox for short. This is a idle mobile game where you fight enemies and progress through levels. It, I, from my personal experience of it, I used to be unemployed, no motivation, no reason to live. I was addicted to meth, blowing hobos for drug money. Then I discovered Kokora Blocks and found new purpose, new meaning in my life. It has 15 levels, a boss, some shit you can collect that's devalued almost immediately. And game modes. I stopped shooting meth and started pouring my time and resources into Kokora blocks. Sign up now with code NFG and receive 35,472 worthless rocks and 11 green schmulocks. We hear these actual, these actual store air in store Google game reviews. This is the best game I've ever played. I definitely really play this game all the time. If you subscribe using our code, we'll definitely totally actually play with you. With reviews like that in the Google Play Store, how could you say no to Kingdom of Clashes and Raids idly becoming Legends of Crushing Sugar? Kokoro Blocks. It's another fucking mobile game. (laughs) And we're back though now with Captain's Kitchen. Today I want to talk about mac and cheese, and I want to do a bite-sized bite-size review of my favorite local treat shop. So starting with mac and cheese, gummy bear. What's your favorite, like, what's your favorite way to have mac and cheese? Are you like a big KD person, or do you prefer like the homemade stuff? Oh, homemade stuff for sure. Okay, you're not like a diehard Canadian that would go like, you'll take, you would like kill your mother for some KD? No. Okay, no. Actually, I don't eat it sometimes, but no. It's not really my thing. See, now it's funny because we made a joke about like starting controversy at the beginning of this episode, and I'm about to do this right now. I don't fucking like KD. I never have. It's not good. It's not good, but some people fucking, I don't know, people always look at me weird like that, like when I'm like, I just don't like KD, and it's like, what? How can you not like KD? Like, it's just not good. It's not a very good thing. It's powdered cheese and macaroni. It's, yeah. Um, 
You can certainly spice it up if you need to. You can, but it's again, I don't know. I guess I think that making making regular homemade mac and cheese isn't that hard. But I guess I don't know. Maybe that's also I'm a cook though, so it might be a bit of a thing there. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't know how to do that or just don't have the time. Oh shit! Well, let's talk about how to make it though, so you can. All right. Let's do that though, because I just kind of pulled it out of my ass when I was making lunch for you today. <laughs> so. Prepping this last week, let's talk about how to make homemade homemade mac and cheese. Uh, and apologies for this episode. We had a bunch of plans and a bunch of shit just went all over the place. So we're just scrambling to... Like my head exploding. Like like Gummy Bear's head exploding and finding a deeper rabbit hole of human abduction stories. All these crazy things. <laughs> or human trafficking, sorry. Not going according to plan. So mac and cheese. It's... A really basic recipe, but you, again, just if you don't know how to do it, I'd understand. So you start, obviously, by just cooking off your macaroni, which is just cooking basic pasta noodles is not hard. Salt salt and water in a pot with uh, the lid off and cook until tender. Or if you're going, for, if you want to be a bit like chewier, go al dente, which is just like tender to the tooth, I think is how it actually literally translates in, in Italy. But... Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, not Italy, Italian is what I meant to say. Um, and then, but the big thing with the mac and cheese is your bechamel sauce, which is kind of the main base of that. And bechamel is a mother sauce, which is just really, it's one of the five mother sauces, which is kind of a fancy ass cook thing for being like, these are the main sauces that you make other sauces out of, um, because of how versatile they are. So bechamel is basically just a milk sauce. So you start by making a roux, which will just be butter and which will be a fat of any kind. So you can, you can use bacon fat, butter, um, shortening. Wouldn't recommend that unless you want to have a heart attack at 22. Uh, use any kind of fatty stuff like that though. And, um, you melt that in your pot. Then you add some flour to that. And the ratio I usually go for is two probably about two fat two to one for fat and flour because i find that if your roux is too thick it'll burn too easily and it won't kind of cook evenly through because when you're cooking it the important thing is you want to get rid of the starchy flour taste like when you eat raw flour you have a kind of weird like feeling dry feeling in your mouth that's the starch in it so by cooking that out it should taste smoother so when you're cooking your roux in your pan and your roux shouldn't be too firm you just kind of keep keep it on like a medium medium low heat um because the fat will keep it at a really hot temperature too and you move it mix it around in your pan until you want it like golden brown just about and after you've done that you i'm just realizing too i'm not giving actual numbers for this recipe so like for i pulled this out of my ass and i forgot because like i don't measure anything because i just like i know how to make this (laughs) So I'd say do half a cup of fat and a quarter cup of flour. And then with that, you're going to want to, once you've gotten that to your golden brown color, you want to take about a liter of milk, roughly. And you want to slowly pour a little bit of that into your pan and mix it around really fast. What will happen then is that you'll see the milk fizzle and your roux will kind of change consistency and become like really thick, really fast. And that's actually a chemical reaction. So it's really important that the milk that you add 
is either warm or cold to this. And that may seem kind of weird, but like it's actual, the act of um, adding that to your fatty roux, it's if you do them with the same temperature, it won't react in the same way. And then once you've kind of got your roux initially thickened up from that little bit of the little bit of milk you're pouring in, you just add a little bit more, stir it up, a little bit more, stir it up. Then you're going to want to pour the rest of your milk in and whisk it and just whisk it until you have pretty much no or very few lumps in there. And then once you've gotten to that point, you're going to want to cook it off for a little bit more just to get rid of any remaining starch flavor. Um, and you can simmer this on a low temperature without burning it um, really easily, but you have to constantly scrape the bottom of the pot. So it's important to have a wooden spoon and to constantly be scraping the bottom of the pot. It shouldn't be sticking too badly, um, especially if you're on top of it, but you want it to be like at a consistent low simmer and then just constantly be scraping the bottom of the pot to prevent it from building up and burning. And then swapping that up with whisking it to break up any lumps that kind of appear up. After you've done that, add some salt to it so you have like a little bit of flavor and then start taste testing it. And if it just tastes kind of like a bland milk with no starchy after feeling on your tongue, then you've made your bechamel properly, which is perfect. Um, and these are the most important things for, and the last thing you'll need just for the prep of this is some breadcrumbs, if you can have them. I always just take the ends of bread and dry it out and then eventually blitz them in a blender or something until they're just like, you know, crummy. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> um, and that's the basics for, that's like the base for mac and cheese. Now what's great from these is what everything I've told you is now you have your cooked macaroni, your bechamel sauce and your breadcrumbs. You can store it like this, and then now you just have ready-to-go mac and cheese that is, like, you can pull out and kind of make for somebody when you need to. Uh, like when you have an impromptu gummy bear showing up in your house with no lunch in her belly, you can just pull this out of your fridge and make it right away. Um, and then I guess you'll need some cheese too, but again, this is just if you want to have everything preset to make a really quick dinner, right? So... With the prep done, here's how you go on and finish making your mac and cheese. Start preheating your oven to 375 Fahrenheit or 400, depending. Um, if it's a regular oven and on bake. If it's convection, I would do 25 degrees less because um, convection is um, heats everything more evenly, so it's everything's a bit hotter in general. Um, you want to take a baking dish. I just used a typical like a Pyrex pie dish, um, but you could also use, you could, or is what I'd recommend for the best thing. You want to rub the sides of that with butter. That will minimize the sticking of everything because if you bake a milk and cheese sauce into a thing, it's going to stick like shit to a blanket. So the butter on the edges is very important. You want to take a scoop of your bechamel sauce, um, and mind you, the recipe I gave you is for to make a large amount of it, so let's just talk about you're making a portion for two people, right? After cooking, you should have about a liter, maybe a bit more of bechamel sauce. So you want to take maybe half a cup of bechamel sauce, put it in a pot with a little bit of water, because if you've let it cool down, your bechamel sauce will be very thick. So you need a little bit of water just to kind of like loosen it up, loosen it up a little bit. And the water will cook off of it. Don't worry about having that water in your sauce because anytime you're simmering something, water is just leaving it. You're just removing the water from it eventually. So it's like you didn't even add it in the first place. So you stir your bechamel sauce, break it up into the water and let it bubble. And then once you're 
a scoop of chunky sauce or a scoop of white glob sauce. Again, I'm saying that when you see it, it looks like a white glob, but it's like it's obviously going to be better than that. And you mix it into your water, and then you have your white sauce. You're heating up in your small pot, and it's simmering. Make sure it's going to simmer. You want to take any kind of cheese you want. You could take cheddar cheese, blue cheese, um, Limburg. I wouldn't recommend that one because it's pretty gross, but any cheese you want. And put it in the sauce in small enough pieces so it'll melt. You don't want to put a huge chunk in there, so I like to shred it or break it into small bits if it's like a blue cheese or something. And just melt it into your sauce. Then stir it and whisk it until it's like thoroughly mixed. And if, uh, and again, if your cheese has any kind of color to it, like a blue cheese or the orange cheddar, it'll fully integrate into your sauce, turning in like a little bit of that color. Then you're going to want to take your cold macaroni or warm if you're making this fresh and put it in your greased up Pyrex dish. Then start taste testing your bechamel sauce to make sure it has enough flavor because just adding cheese into the sauce will not help it necessarily taste like a cheese sauce because it'll be diluted from adding cheese into just a plain milk. So add salt and pepper to taste, whatever you whatever you feel tastes good, um, until you start to have taste that nice cheesy goodness in the sauce. Then you want to pour that sauce over. You want to pour that sauce over your noodles until it's fully covered. It's not going to kind of go through the noodles yourself, though. So you're going to have to take the spoon you're using to stir the sauce and stir it all throughout the dish. So that your sauce is like fully all over everything, and every noodle is covered in your cheesy, gooey bechamel sauce. After you've done that, you take your breadcrumbs, heat up a small frying pan with a little bit of butter, eh, maybe a bit of butter. Toss your breadcrumbs in there until they're just coated in the butter. And you don't have to cook them for very long. You just basically want the melt butter melted and covering your breadcrumbs. This will stop them from browning too much in the oven. You then take your breadcrumbs, lay them over your mac and cheese, and spread them, again, with a spatula or spoon, evenly, as evenly as you can, just in general, over the macaroni, which will give it a bit of a nice consistency. Then you pop it in your oven, which should be preheated by now, and bake it until there's really no exact time because you can overbake it but you just kind of want everything to be fully heated right so i'd say 10 to 20 minutes maybe depending on how strong your oven is um and if you look in the oven too you should see like the the sauce should be bubbling in the oven with the noodles around it so if you look there and you see the sauce simmering in the pyrex dish in your oven with the noodles and the breadcrumbs, then that's it. Because you want it just bubbling like that for about 10 minutes. You remove it from the oven, and then you serve it, and it's good to go. Um, wait, I feel like this is kind of a really dumb thing, but obviously wait for it to cool down a bit, because especially with any sauce that has a lot of fat in it, will retain its heat really well. So if you eat it really fast, you'll burn yourself. So just like let it cool down a little bit. But that's pretty much that. And then you have uh, homemade mac and cheese, which is really not that bad. Um, well, when I say that, sorry, it's one of my favorite things to make, but I haven't been make I haven't made it a lot in a long time for reasons. I think I've just been like in school mode. All that time, just going to school full time, you just lose your thing for like cooking creatively. You just start making whatever you can sustain yourself. Yeah. Basically, like I just taking like, God, there was like a month where I just ate fried cabbage and bacon fat because that's all I was doing. I was like, cook some potatoes. Cook. I had cabbage in the fridge because it was cheap, and leftover bacon fat, and just fried in that, and that was my like lunch for mm -hmm. like months. Gave me killer farts too. Body doesn't process cabbage very well. 
Like, seriously, it just sounds like two wet sheets bashing against each other. It's pretty <laughs> intense. But enough about what my butt sounds like when it faps. So. <laughs> is that the right word for it? Nope. Am, I, am I using the word fap? I thought, no. I thought fapping was, like, I know it also means, I also know it also means masturbating, but I thought fap meant like the, like, you know, I, like the. I don't know. That's what I thought. I thought fapping also meant like a wet, kind of like a wet plastic blanket <laughs> sound, like a wet fart. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll need to let me look this up. We're gonna Google what fat means right after this episode, so that we're no, so we know. And uh, well, we get to the end of well, we get to the end of our episode and scrape the bar- bottom of the barrel for content. <laughs> we're gonna do bite-sized reviews for my favorite local donut shop, Bigfoot Donuts. And please, God, don't let our unprofessionalism stop you from sponsoring us. Please, God, Bigfoot Donuts, sponsor us. Give me free donuts, and I will give them nothing but praise and adoration. Um. Obviously, sorry, I'm being a bit joke. I'm obviously biased because I, I really love donuts and homemade donuts. And all I've wanted in my life was to live in a town with like a homemade donut shop. Like, you know, Tim Hortons and all those, they're okay, but they're not freshly made. They're all frozen and they're all very generic. But man, there's nothing like a homemade donut. It is just the best. And the cool thing with Bigfoot is that they always have monthly favorites. Like the owner, Jay, is like one of the greatest guys I know. Um... And they always do, they're always doing different flavors every month. And to his credit, sometimes he kind of, sometimes like there, some of the flavors are kind of like recycled things, like where he just kind of has some flavors. He kind of, oh God, what's the ad libs kind of, where he just fills in the thing here and makes it up and calls it that. But they're always good. Like, mm. I don't think I've ever had a donut from his I was unhappy with. But we have some samples here. If you could pass me a gummy bear that we're going to review right here on the show that I've cut up into bits. So, today, the first one we're going to review is the birthday cake donut. So, this is an actual cake-style donut for if you, um, because I know some people are divisive between having, like, a regular dough donut and a cake donut. So, the birthday cake donut is actually one of my favorite ones that he makes because it tastes like a literal fucking birthday cake. It does. It has, like, the nice icing on it. He has fun colored sprinkles on it with the white Mm -hmm. icing. And it's just really, it's really good. And it's... I think it's actually kind of funny how birthday cake is a flavor too. Like it's a distinctive flavor, (laughs) but also in a way too, where like, if you think about it, like they're probably, if you go to like a foreign country, they probably don't have birthday cake flavor. You know what I mean? That's like, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's like an American, it's like an American thing. It's like kind of like a North American thing, I think. And maybe anybody from Europe that feels free to correct me, I'm more than happy to be told I'm fucking wrong on this. But to me, just the... The f- having a flavor profile called birthday cake just seems like a North American thing to me. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a European or an Asian or an African thing. It's just like vanilla sprinkles, mm. vanilla, and like sugar. Yeah, that's birthday cake. I'm gonna be corrected. Someone's like a fucking. If we ever get an interact, if we ever get anybody listening that's from mm. a different country, they're gonna just gonna own me on this. Like, um, there's the first- probably birthday cake stuff in the American section. Oh, probably. But I was gonna say too, even like that. I imagine Which like. Places have. Well, the funny thing, because a lot of these, a lot of recipes originated from like Europe and France too, right? Because like if you if you want to if you want to go into North American food, it was all what the Native Americans were making, or sorry, not uh, indigenous, sorry, indigenous people were making. So that's like real North American food, technically. So everything we eat over here, there's like very few things that were like invented over here. Like mm-hmm. ice cream was one of them, which was invented by a Canadian, which we'll talk about in a different episode. Um, this next one is i'm not sure completely this one is like it's kind of like a walnut flavored donut kind of like a maple walnut almost but 
This one is a donut. There's like a dough stop. No, I'm sorry. Like I meant, I meant like a dough. God damn it! You know what I mean? It's not a cake donut. It's not a cake donut. It's a donut donut. I know I'm an ass up. <laughs> so the maple walnut donut. I think it's maple walnut. I'm gonna be fucking wrong about this too, but it's very good. It's um has sprinkled nuts on it too with like the glaze, and it's very just like. It's light. Actually, what I'm noticing about it, like, if you wanted a donut that was, like, lighter with, like, that's not too sweet, this is actually really good. Because the walnuts actually do a really good job at, like, evening it out because walnuts are, like, a bitter nut. I really have been getting more into walnuts into my sweets lately because, like, I don't like things mm -hmm. being too sweet. Mm -hmm. um, I like it being balanced. It's I'm so all... fluffy. Yeah. Like, it's this great fluffy donut that's just, like, again, not too sweet for anybody that mm -hmm. doesn't like super heavy bite of sugar. So, you know, for some someone that's like, wants that blast of sugar in your mouth, get the cake donut, because that's all it is. <laughs> um, the last monthly donut that we're going to review is it was a strawberry rhubarb cream donut. And so for this one, he has like a strawberry rhubarb cream on top with like little crumbs and a bit of a... So, Jay doesn't do exactly cream-filled donuts, not very often anyway. When he does those, he has his donut with like a dimple in the middle and he fills that with cream. So it's not like, it's not like piped in like a traditional donut. It's more like on top. This one is also very light. And the, oh my God, the icing is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. You actually taste the rhubarb in there too. Mm -hmm. Like I know rhubarb is a really strong flavor, but yeah, like you taste the strawberry and rhubarb in that icing. The cream it just pops. like it does. This one actually really pops. This one is um, I'd say like balanced too, but for like in a different way. Where like where the maple walnut was like a light sweet one, this is like a medium sweet one, but like it balances well with like the cream and all that. Super nice little like cookie crust or cookie dusting on this. Um, my God, yes, no, please. Go out and support, uh, if I could say any money, to the three people listening to this podcast. Basically, <laughs> me, Gummy Bear, who listens to our own podcast, and my best friend from back home, Prince George. Um, go to Bigfoot Donuts if you're ever on, in Comox Valley. It's amazing. They're so great. Um, and one last thing, too. Actually, I thought it'd be fun, though, because I'd like to do this once a month and just talk about his monthly flavors and just give, mm. give him some like notoriety. But I also want to do, always do one other donut, because Bigfoot Donuts always has regular though they have their consistent donuts they have um they always have an apple fritter a classical fashion glazed um the bigfoot donut which is like it's a donut in the shape of a bigfoot with a chocolate glaze on it and crullers and he also has cinnamon buns which i never order because i don't to be fair like to be fair i can get a cinnamon bun anywhere but i can't get a like fresh made donut anywhere so i basically never get them but one day i will have a cinnamon bun to review that too today though i got us an apple fritter to look at and the apple fritters are specifically my favorite that they make at bigfoot because okay like if i say like when you hear me say that a fresh donut is one of the best things on earth what's even better than a fresh donut is a fresh donut that's still warm because it was cooked 20 minutes ago or 10 minutes ago and why I say that is because, now I might be wrong about this, but somebody told me once that if you go to like Krispy Kreme in the US, 
They basically have a siren that goes off in the store that tells you when the fresh batch of donuts is like done. Mm -hmm. They go down this conveyor belt and it's like, and like poof, they get tossed and you literally have like a hot donut. Like you'll burn your tongue if you eat it because it's so freaking fresh. And um, people have told me that there's like nothing like that on earth that just melts in your mouth. And why this this is, is leading to a point here is that the apple fritters are the last donuts that Jay makes before he opens. So they're still kind of warm. So the closest you can get to like that perfectly like tasty fresh donut would be the apple or warm donut with the apple fritter which is one of the reasons why it's my favorites and as like a separate fun note for anybody that asks as a specialty order if you order from jay he will also make you peach fritters but he they have to be like a special order and you need to get like a dozen of them at least oh my god really somebody we know got them for their birthday one time yeah um there's somebody we know that got peach fritter donuts for their birthday and they were lucky enough to share me with one um when i had it and it was amazing um but again like i understand why he wouldn't make them on the rig because the problem with the donut every donut shop has is that like donuts are only good for see it's funny thing you can't even say that donuts are good for a day because like if you buy a donut in the morning and you eat in the evening it's like you taste stale by the evening so donuts like really do have like a window it's not bad. Okay, so it doesn't taste like doesn't taste like terribly stale, but you know what I mean? Like there's a noticeable difference between 12 hours after a donut's been made. You know what I mean? Like I suppose, yeah. You can tell it's like just a it's not bad, but you can noticeably tell when a donut is 12 hours old and when it's like 3 hours old. Yeah. So, why I bring that up though is that they're still good. I I'll, I'll, I'll eat his donut. If his donuts for 2 days old, I'd still eat them cuz they're that fucking good. But this is um so I understand why he doesn't make them regularly, though, because, again, he couldn't guarantee he'd sell peach fritters every day because they might not be that popular, so it's a specialty thing. But as one last plug to that... Sorry, I was bitten to the apple fritter. It's amazing. Apple, cinnamon, perfect. That's good. Nice heavy donut. It's, like, heavy, but not, like, cake donut heavy. But, sorry, my last plug for this, too, is... um plug for Bigfoot is very important to me because they they donate their like when they have an excess of donuts they're always really cool about them like because they could just throw them out or give them to their employees at the end of the day which they probably do other days too but they give them out to the community a lot um at my workplace which I cannot disclose where I work with homeless people um more than once uh Bigfoot donuts has dropped off their donuts from there from the day and yeah, you could just say that like they, um, oh, they're, they can't sell them anyway, so it's not the thing. But like they have to transport them, like they have to drive, go to their way to drive them over to our place, over to my workplace and stuff like that too. So like it's, it's nicer than just throwing them in the dumpster, which would be like less easier. So they're still making an effort to like make sure it doesn't go to waste and it gets donated to somebody. Um, and again, I know the residents in my workplace definitely appreciate that. But then on another thing too, like when I was working at a restaurant in town that one time. I'd buy donuts for my like staff members every now and then and come home with them. And uh, he will always throw in extra ones. If you're just like, oh, he's like, oh, why are you picking up these? And I'm like, oh, I'm just buying them for the staff at this place. He'll throw in extra ones. Cause like, if he knows you're buying them for the staff, like he's just, he's a really good guy. Like I cannot, if there was, if there was a business owner that like deserved to have his fucking business and a half, cause he works hard. He's a nice guy and he's not a dickbag to his employees. It's this guy. So I highly, I highly recommend Bigfoot Donuts. There's nothing to dislike about this company. Um, and he has an actually cool story too, which I'd like to get in on a different day. Um, 
he just like quit his like I think he was working like a regular finance job. He quit it to follow his passion of like being a baker and donuts and it's paying off. And again, it's like we've all been every during a year of COVID, everyone has been tight with their money and trying to like save their resources. And nobody can really blame me for that. It's understandable. Um, but the truth is the only thing that keeps an economy going is by throwing money into it. Right. So I was saying that like, even me too, as I hoard resources and I hate spending money in other places because I, if I can cook it myself, I don't want to waste my money there, but I will always throw my money at Bigfoot's because I can't make donuts like he can. And if anybody again, deserves that, and if anyone deserves to survive, have their business survive the pandemic, it's Bigfoot donuts. I would say. Like nobody, a lot of people lost their businesses this year, and nobody really deserved that. Um, and I just want to, I just want to keep seeing them in the community because, like, they make me. I think they're just a really good thing for the community. Yeah, I guess that's because of just like what they do for. Well, people were so excited even before they opened. Well, because and again, just going into a bit of like the Comox Valley thing, like the only place that really makes fresh donuts is Cumberland Bakery, and they're not bad. Let me just, let me just say here, that I don't, I don't dislike Cumberland Bakery's donuts. Um, and actually some people prefer those ones too, because the thing Jay's, Jay makes the donuts like really fucking, or sorry, really fucking big. And they're a bit like, they're a lot chewier because the dough he uses, um, which I like. And a lot of people do, but not everyone likes that. Um, so Cumberland Bakery also makes really good donuts, but the problem is that they're in Cumberland, which is like a ways away where Bigfoot Donuts is just in the middle of Courtney. It's accessible by anybody in town. Um, so I just can't say enough good things about it. And sorry, I know I just rambled for 15 minutes on my favorite business, but <laughs> I just think it's important because, yeah, no, I just really love them. And again, it's like, I wouldn't have done that if he hadn't been good to me in the past. Like, yeah, he's been nothing but a sweetheart to me. So, like, I just feel like he deserves any kind of boost he can get. Um, that's all we really had for the day today. Uh, we had a lot of, we had a lot of things happen today that kind of threw our content for a loop. Mishaps. So, for our three viewers, or listeners... We're sorry that today was kind of a bit of a bottom of the barrel day. Um, promise to do better next time. <laughs> but um, I guess one final thing touching on. So because, again, we lack originality, mostly me. Gummy Bear is much more original than me. <sighs> Honestly, the whole... Okay, like I know that Joe Rogan wasn't the first person to do Silver October before him. But like listening to him and his friends do it and kind of like making a sobriety challenge as a bit of a competition. It's kind of a fun way to do it because I like competing. I like competing and I uh, just like for fun. And uh, obviously I've been trying to like, you know, like just self-improvement and like, you know, cut back how much like we just smoke and all that. So we wanted to, well, I, I really wanted to do this after I was done school and uh, do sobriety May. So try to go like the 30 days without smoking weed and, Basically, I don't really have a problem drinking, so that's not really an issue anyway, but I try to exercise more and uh, do that. And uh, Gummy Bear and I are having a competition and tallying up points, and I'm going to uh, defeat her because all I do is win. <laughs> <laughs> Gummy Bear, how's your, uh, how's your, sober, how's your sobriety mate going? It's going all right so far. Me too. And we're, when we're recording this, it's May uh, 6th, by the way. Or is it 7th today? It's the 7th. Today is May 7th. So tomorrow will be one week. Yeah. God damn it. I would kill a human being for a joint right now. But I won't because it's, you know, healthy and sobriety. <laughs> Fuck, I miss weed. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's going okay for me too. Actually, like, I do feel good. Like it's uh, like I said, I told you I had my first dream in years last night, which is like I learned re I learned in the last couple of months that uh, THC uh, suppresses your dream cycle, so you actually don't it have. Can. No, it does. Okay, they've done studies on it. Like yes, they... I understand that, but I have always just had crazy dreams no matter what. So, well, funny thing about that too, because like you know how they you know how really science... intricate crazy dreams well, funny thing about that so like they've um so okay fine what i'm okay fine so <laughs> that's all i was saying okay 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 what i'm saying though is from the dream thing this is from matthew walker talking about it though the dream the uh, sleep expert but he um in the u.s but he's saying that uh, they've done studies on the on that and they found that thc and alcohol both um will inhibit your dream sleep um and then but he here's here let me just let me finish here let me let me just say this okay so let me just say that <laughs> So where the where this where this thing comes up though is that scientists debate still what dreaming is though because they yeah. still they still can't agree what dreaming is. So all they know is that it affects your deep sleep, which is when you dream. Mm -hmm. So can so we can agree that you yeah. can you may have dreams, but these things definitely affect your deep sleep. And because we can't quite establish what dreaming is, it's affected by that. Well, I just wanted to point out that I clearly have the superior subconscious that can defeat all. Um, Outside factors. It sounds like you're, I just thought I was just stating. I was just pointing that out. No, I agree. I agree that you are. You definitely are smarter than me. You should, <laughs> like you definitely have a superior conscience and subconscious to me. Um, but uh, I think. Oh God, the last thing though is actually this is one last thing I'll touch on with the sleep thing though. But um, something he said is interesting is like one theory for dreaming, which he doesn't agree with, but is just a theory in general, is that when you remember a dream when you wake up, it's not actually you remembering your dream. It's your body coming to like all five of your senses waking up and your body trying to figure out where it is, what's happening, where you are, when, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, dope. So it's like the, uh, the theory is that you're, um, you didn't even, you didn't even actually dream. You just, that your body, your senses are all like coming out of this deep sleep. So they're, um, trying to establish what's going on. And that is the memory of your dream while they're trying to figure out what, where you are and what's happening. Oh, I don't agree with that. Neither does he, but again, it's just, it's a theory. Um, yeah, no, and I don't know, go more into him later. I want to read his book though, because like, yeah, like cool. learning about sleep was intense. Um, any uh, any final comments though for the uh, for today, Gummy Bear? Before we send before we sail off into hopefully more cohesive content. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, uh, again, I realize that not much was learned this episode, but as we always say on Canadian Pyrocast. Don't be afraid. Be aware. Thanks for listening. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. So sit down, sit down, sit down. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling at the wind won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast today. If you'd like to know more about what we talked about, sources are in the description. And if you'd like to contact us, ask questions, or give feedback or anything, you can email us at canadianpiratecast at gmail.com or follow Beckham Kid on Facebook and Beckham underscore Kid on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page for Canadian Pirate Cast. We appreciate anyone taking the time to talk to us, and that's all in the description. Bye!